As more and more people go back to work, a big question remains. Who's going to take care of the children? Millions of American families depend on being able to drop their kids off at free public school or low-fee daycare. But when the pandemic hit, the vast majority of these places closed. And as we head into the start of the school year, it's still not clear when they'll be able to reopen safely. While parents, educators, and government officials have been scrambling to try and figure out what to do, a few places around the country have been quietly operating facilities for children throughout the entire pandemic. The YMCA and New York's Department of Education have been running centers for the children of essential workers. These centers have provided care for tens of thousands of children while their parents were doing necessary work. So on today's episode, we're going to visit one of those centers. It's a closed public school in New York City that's been repurposed into a childcare facility. And it kept operating, even when the pandemic was at its worst. So how did they do it? And what does it teach us about the best path forward? I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. For today's episode, I'm going to turn it over to my colleague, CNN anchor Laura Jarrett. Now, Laura and her producers went to go visit one of these centers last week. PSIS 128 is a very small building, about four stories high. It's in Queens, New York. And the school has technically been closed since March, but... The facility has now been repurposed into a childcare center for the kids of frontline workers who have been unable, obviously, to work from home since the pandemic hit. Good morning. Hi, Cammy. What's your last name? Cammy is my How are you feeling? Are you feeling good? As soon as kids come in, they get their temperature checked to make sure that they don't have a fever. 97.5. And Melissa was? 97.3. They make sure their mask is on tight. Can you put your mask up on your nose? Good job. And if they do have a fever, they're actually turned away there at the door. But if they pass the test, they tell their parents goodbye. <laughs> and they're off on their way for the rest of the day in the school, always wearing a mask and trying their best to stay six feet apart. The state has uh, these facilities set up all over, I think, over 100 different sites now. And all throughout New York, obviously, when the pandemic was at its height, these managed to stay open for frontline workers, everyone from grocery store workers to another gentleman who was a corrections officer. Uh, I met a nurse from the VA. You mentioned you have a daughter you just dropped off here? My daughter, Ruby, is 16. She's autistic. And she's been coming here at the rec center since uh, April. I was having such a hard time managing childcare and work that I thought I would have to take family medical leave, take time off. Um, and I didn't have to do that because of this rec center. So it's basically been a godsend. So the way that this works is they have volunteers who have come over from all different places in the city. So when schools closed in March, they had monitors or classroom monitors come in and now watch over these kids all day. And they are in classrooms that are really limited in size. So that's a big point 
for these centers is that they're trying to manage the virus that way by making sure that they only have nine kids per classroom per adult. And then they have various activities through the day. We saw them on the playground. We also saw them in a gymnasium doing, you know, everyday kids stuff. I don't know what game they were playing. (laughs) Honestly, but it looked like just like the games that I used to play, like in middle school. Like somehow gym, <laughs> gym games haven't changed in 20 years. I was amazed at how much it really does look like a school, even though it is absolutely not a school. And folks there on the ground really wanted me to emphasize that these really are classroom monitors. And so there may be some limited instruction, but there's not nearly the same type of educational courses that you would have in a normal school day. These kids are coming in on a rolling basis every day. And They get new kids all the time that they don't know, and they have to be onboarded. Josephine Ramage, who's the site supervisor, just described how difficult this has been when you don't know who you're going to have showing up at your door every day. It's not like a school where you know that you're going to have this many kids in the classroom. These are the names of the kids. And so each day, the nurse will say, Josephine, we have a new family. And every time they get a certain amount of kids, that means they have to open another classroom because, of course, they can only have nine kids per classroom. So now it's like, okay, I got to call Subcentral. I got to get new teachers in here. I got to teach them all the new protocols. So it's just constantly um, evolving. If a child becomes sick at some point in the day, then that child is isolated and it triggers a whole set of protocols that they go through. They have these COVID kits. They wear gowns. The kid stays in that room and does not move until the parent comes and picks them up. And the site supervisor, Josephine, said that that's only happened twice, but it does happen. And so the parents have to know exactly, you know, how seriously they're taking it at this facility. When we arrived on site, it was near the time where they'd cleaned down the classroom. You know, I thought it would be sort of just like handheld wipes going down a couple times a day, but it is far more intricate. They go over it with this industrial strength cleaning solution, and it looks almost like a Ghostbusters backpack that these guys come in with these wands spraying down the entire classroom. The way they described it to me is the the solution almost sticks to the surface and it dries quickly so that you don't have to worry about your skin coming in contact with it. I was particularly interested to see whether the kids would be able to keep on a mask throughout the day, but even little ones were totally fine with it. What are you doing so nicely right now? Wearing our mask with the covering our nose and our mouth. Excellent, good. And the school has managed to find ways to make it fun. So when you walk in on the first floor, they have this huge giant sea turtle set up on the wall. And, you know, you can see the markers for one, two, three feet. So the kids are instructed to stay six feet apart from the head and the, you know, the length of the turtle. And they know it's it's about the virus. You know, they, they haven't sugarcoated it for them. Um, it helps us to be safe, and we can be six feet away. Excellent. And why do we have to be six feet away? We can't get coronavirus. Good. It keeps us healthy. It keeps us healthy. Good. They have found creative ways 
to get the kids on board with this. The site supervisor, Josephine, said that they do air kisses, <laughs> which is really cute, and air hugs. The other day, I went into the classroom, and there's a little girl sitting there just staring at me with this big smile, and she's going like this. And I was like, are you hugging me? And she's like, yes. But there's a lot of focus on sort of the social and emotional component to what these kids have been going through, especially as kids of essential and frontline workers. The school is really attuned to the trauma that has come with this virus. And so they have COVID-19 journals where they can sort of talk about their feelings openly. And a lot of the kids uh, reported to have described feeling that stress about what their parents are doing. The school really makes a concerted effort to describe their parents as heroes. Here's Josephine Ramage again, the site supervisor. And so we had them write letters of thank yous to the essential workers. And then through that, each parent got a stack of letters to bring back to where they worked. And they posted them up in the hospitals and just making the kids know that your parents are heroes and you're here because they are serving our community. When I walked into doing this piece, I sort of thought, Well, you know, schools are going through so many challenges right now and really struggling with how to reopen their classrooms. Why don't they just follow this model? But once I got there, I realized there's just so many ways that school, a regular school day, is so different from what's happening at these child care centers. It has been very clear from the very beginning that this is not a school. And that's why we could have classroom monitors and not teachers, right? If you saw the entrance, right, we had families coming at all different times. That doesn't happen in schools. They all come at the same time. So imagine the line that would be out the door trying to keep them distanced and checking their temperatures. So while the safety protocols are awesome, the cleaning products and just the procedures are a model, it's not the same as school. So when you have small classroom sizes, when you monitor their temperatures and make sure they don't have a fever, when they wear masks, when they keep their distance throughout the day, there is a way to make sure kids do not get COVID-19. There have been no outbreaks at this place, but it's a really small number of kids. And the question of scale, I think, is the right one. Is it, you know, is this a model that's really that instructive for the majority of schools in major American cities and and jurisdictions throughout the country. And I just don't think that it is. But I do think they do offer something that's instructive for schools to take away. It is great to know that centers like these exist. And as Laura pointed out, there are so many parents that have depended on them and found them life-saving in terms of being able to go to work and feel like their children are still safe and cared for. And it's worth noting, that the safety protocols that they implemented really do seem to have worked so far. The rec center told Laura that they have not had a single coronavirus case since they've been open. But these centers aren't available for everyone, and that's unfortunately a big part of what makes them effective. They keep the number of students in each classroom very, very low. So it ends up being a wonderful, temporary solution. But it is just that. To get everyone back to work, we need a bigger, permanent solution. It will probably involve everyone being involved in some way, and it will probably also require significant breakthroughs in testing. If we could test more people, isolate them quickly, quarantine their contacts, 
we could finally get this pandemic under some sort of control. Truly reopening the economy won't be possible until we figure this out. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on our next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.